Hi, this is Russ Dizdar. Welcome to Dynamic Discipleship Series. We're going to be on Session 10, How to Begin and Grow Powerful in Prayer. So I just pray that God will bless you today. And we prayed ahead of time that God would lead this simple discipleship teaching to those that uh, would need it, would want it, and that God would speak into your life and, uh, again, build you um, in the power of prayer and learning how to talk to God and learning how to. Listen, you know what happened when I first got saved? I didn't know what to do when it came to uh, talking with God because I wasn't raised in church. I didn't hear people pray. I didn't know what it was to pray. And so when I began to pray, it was just simply, you know, Jesus, uh, how you doing? Um, I'm just, I love you. Thank you for saving me. And things like that. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, it was a development and, and a learning process about how to pray and how to seek the Lord. And, and look, I can remember this. This is a tremendous thing. I share it all the time, too. I can remember when I first got saved, starting to go to church, it was all completely foreign to me. Now, being born again, I loved going to church and, and uh, beginning to learn. But it was a whole new world to me. And I'd watch those guys pray and talk and see how all those guys did things, you know. And I'd hear people, you know. Um, there were churches I was taken to that were very emotional. Others are quiet. And so I'm watching the things. And I can remember the preacher up there talking about um, prayer and answered prayer and, and how to pray, things like that. So here's what I did. I actually began to have, I like named three things. And I was praying about for one week. I said, Lord, here's this thing. And here's this next one. And here's, so I had three things I was praying about. And I could real, I, re, I realized when I went back the next week to church, I'm sitting there listening to this pastor preach on the answered prayer. And he reminded me about what he said the week before. And all of a sudden I sat there. And man, if I would have had a wig on, it would have popped up in the air because I realized all of a sudden, in one week, all three prayers were clearly, powerfully answered. God heard me, and, and God had answered. And man, it's like, wow, this really works. Uh, you got to realize, and again, I don't know where you've come from, but my background was no church, no churchianity, no Christianity, uh, no parents that prayed, no grace prayers at the table, no prayers... I can remember growing up, I've never had a, my father put his hand on my head and pray for me, uh, or my mother pray out loud for me or pray over me. So there was just no prayer. And so getting saved, I mean, I guess that first prayer, when I didn't even know how to pray the sinner's prayer, nobody taught me. You know, I just convicted and, and cried out to Jesus to come into my life and save me and fill me with the Spirit and, and let me be His. You know, I didn't, I, I just, I remember talking to God very strongly. I didn't care what anybody thought anymore. I just wanted to know Him and let Him be Lord of my life because I was so convicted and so drawn to Him that He came into my life. And I can remember talking to God, and I guess that's exactly what prayer is all about. Prayer is about talking to God. And so that's what I want to you know, begin with here. Because over the years, as I've led people to Christ, and I've been in different ministries, and, and have done discipleship, I can remember leading people to Jesus, and they didn't know how to begin to pray. You know, we say, let's open it up to prayer. And uh, many people don't even know how to begin. And some are embarrassed. But the biggest issue is praying on your own, talking to God on your own. One of the reasons in Romans chapter 8, this is so important, is that when you receive Jesus Christ in your life, the Spirit of God came into your life. And the Spirit of God in Romans chapter 8 is called the Spirit of Sonship, or the Spirit of Adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. 
now that we've been born again, washed from all sins, now that we are literally the children of God, the Spirit of God inside of us liberates us and puts us in into an inseparable, unbroken, direct relationship with God. Now, it's been over 30 years for me, and uh, that relationship is just, that's what it is. It's all about a relationship, all about knowing God and walking with God and talking. And so I've learned that I can explain things to God, negotiate issues, talk about things, talk about unanswered prayer. I can pour out my all the anguish in my life, the pain in my life, when I'm frustrated, let alone ask for things in prayer. So I think it's going to be very neat um, as you, if you're a newer believer as you're beginning, or if you're an older believer, uh, strengthening yourself in this area of prayer, because the Word of God never changes. Whether I began to learn 33 years ago, or whether I'm learning from 33 days ago, it's the same Word of God, the same salvation, the same promises, uh, the same everything. And God does not show favoritism. So I want to encourage you. Um, I don't know what your prayer life has been like. I don't know how you've been developing that prayer life. But let me just simply tell you this, that... Um, as I said in the notes, well, let me just read the notes off the web page. And if you've gone to the Dynamic Discipleship series, and if you've gone to the page where it talks about session 10 and uh, how to begin and grow po- powerful in prayer, that's what you're listening to right now the broadcast, the teaching that goes with the notes. And the notes begin by saying this prayer is a doorway. Prayer is a doorway, it's where we talk. Uh, and interact with God. It's where we ask, and it's through which God acts. The presence and power of God are involved in prayer from beginning to end. He created the avenue of prayer. It is a gift to us. Prayer tells us that God desires us, and also that we need Him. God speaks, hears, and answers. Prayer is the place to experience all three. God speaking and God, you know, and God hearing me and uh, also God answering. So how's your prayer life? Uh, are you talking to him and listening? Now let me mention three other things. Presence, passion and power are in the exchange of a great prayer warrior. And let me tell you something right now. I believe that God wants all of us to be great prayer warriors. I don't I do not believe that God has saved us in Christ, given us the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, and the great mission, knowing that we're in the context of a great spiritual battle for the souls of men, and knowing that Satan's out there doing what he's doing. Prayer is a place of, of the presence of God, the passionate fire of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God in the in the actual, you know, answering of prayers and the demonstration of the work of God. And so, very important for all of us to realize, yes, maybe you're just now beginning to learn how to pray, but I want you to know something right now. God has designed prayer, and and He's given us prayer, that we may become eventually very, very powerful in our life, in in our walk, in our witness, but also in our prayer life. Let me say this real quick. If you look at all the miracles of the Old Testament, and all the miracles in the New Testament, specifically in Acts, you're going to find out that God's miracles, God's signs and wonders, great things that God does, comes in answer to prayer. 
to a believer who's trusting God, seeking God, and asking. And in the context of that praying, you're going to find God's pat, the presence of God, the passion of God, and the power of God. Let me say it this way from the webpage. You will experience God's presence in prayer many times. This will be a joy. Sometimes you will exalt in His presence, and sometimes you will stand in a holy hush covered in His presence. Passion. Feelings that are set on fire by the Spirit of God will be felt. God is passionate about saving souls, advancing His church, and crushing the work of evil. It's the what and why Jesus came and won the timeless victory on that cross. And then there's power. An incomparable spiritual power will be experienced in prayer. We're told in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 that uh, the saints, you and I as believers in Christ, have been given an incomparably great power. Uh, and, and the webpage material goes on to say this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. After, after all, no real praying will be done without it. And no miracle or answer to prayer can be accomplished without God's power. It's true. It's the power of God that works in our lives. It's the power of the Word of God. It's the the doorway that God has opened up for us. So that's a lot of things to say, especially if you're a brand new believer. Let me say to the brand new believer, prayer is just simply beginning to talk to God. And uh, just simply cry out and say, Lord, help me to pray. Teach me to pray. Uh, You could thank the Lord that He's given you the Holy Spirit. And you can listen to other believers. That's what's good about being in a prayer meeting and being in a good church where you hear other believers praying and crying out to God. Now listen, you can even turn this off for now and go out and get your Bible opened and go to Acts chapter 4. And you can see the great prayer meeting that they had. Absolutely the presence of God, the passion of God, the power of God. is It's all there in Acts chapter 4. And you'll see it in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 8. And when they were praying for Peter when he was in prison, you're going to see the presence of God, the passion of God, the power of God, even angels being unleashed uh, in bringing the answers. Wow, this is a supernatural you know, thing, what God does. So many of the answers to prayer is God sending angels to unleash and, and accomplish things. Sometimes by the power of God, so many things can be you know can occur but let's just begin under point a on the notes the beginning of a great prayer life the beginning of a great prayer life three things number one god created prayer so that things can and would be done let me say it again god pre- created prayer so that great things uh, can and would be done now if you go back to the gospel of john chapter 12 and and, and read through john 12 all the way through chapter 14 you're going to read where jesus says i tell you the truth if anyone believes in me listen this is jesus now says i tell you the truth if anyone believes in me they will do listen they will do greater things than this now this is amazing jesus said that we would do the works that he did and even greater things so god created prayer so that great things can and would be done and for 2,000 years great things have been done and uh, uh, millions have been saved and uh, 
powerful answers of healing and deliverance and things and cultures and, and even affecting governments and politics and, and crushing evil, like in Rome in the early days. Number two, God does listen, God designed us to be successful and fruitful in prayer. Now that's important. I want you to know this. God is with you, Christian. God is with you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8, right? And uh, God has designed prayer. You can study this in John's Gospel chapter 8, or chapter 15 rather, verses 7 and 8. And here's what it tells us. That if we would abide in Jesus and allow the Word of God to abide in us, we can ask whatever we wish, and it will be done for us by our Father in heaven. Listen, this is to our Father's glory that we bear much fruit demonstrating that we are truly disciples of His, children of His. So I believe the design, He designed us. Or in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, you know, verses 8, 9, uh, and 10, when you read that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God's designed prayer long before we even ever got saved. Before we even came about, God's already, He's way ahead of us. He's way ahead of us. And that's why it's uh, a neat thing to go to prayer and to seek the Lord and to get in the Word and to listen to God. But He's designed prayer for you to be fruitful. He says in, in John 15, Jesus said, I've chosen you to go and bear fruit. That means winning souls, getting great answers to prayer, you know, advancing the kingdom of God, coming against the dark powers. Well, point three under A is this, and this is still under the this is you know the beginning of a great prayer life. Point number three is this: it's simple in this sense. Jesus said it in Luke chapter ten or eleven rather, um, chapter eleven: "Ask, seek, and knock." This, it's the famous part of Scripture that we got out of the Gospels when Jesus says, "You know, everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks, you know, shall find, and everyone and the one that knocks, the door will be opened." I mean, the invitation is, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and a door will be opened. It's kind of progressive, too. We usually do begin to ask something. But if we want something, we begin to push a little harder. And we wait, and we seek, and then we knock and keep on knocking. Well, you're going to find that that's a tremendous, uh, simple, um, but the but the foundation of prayer and perseverance in prayer, and seeing great and miraculous things brought about by prayer. Listen, in this session, I'm not going to go over the obstacles to prayer, which could be sin in our life. It could be unbelief. It could be, again, the satanic powers that are blocking things around us. We're going to talk here primarily of just, as we've said, the beginning of a great prayer life. Under point B, we have growing powerful in prayer. And I mentioned James in chapter 5. It talks about the righteous believer. You know, the right, you know, living right for the Lord, living in obedience to the Lord. It says that your prayers will become powerful. They'll become powerful, Christian. And so again, three points under growing. Listen, do you want to grow powerful in prayer? How's your prayer life been? Have you seen powerful things done? When you read the book of Acts and see the believers there begin to pray and the answers to prayer, I want you to know this, that the word of God, Jesus said, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. 
Jesus went on to say, you know, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask? There's a tremendous... Listen, God is inviting us to come in prayer. You know, in the book of Hebrews, we're told to come with confidence before the throne of grace. Why? So that we might receive mercy and grace in our time of need. God invites us to come. He calls us to come right up before Him to seek Him. And so we're called to go to Him and seek Him. And I've learned, Christian, that we're allowed to pour out our heart and seek the Lord and listen and let the Word of God come to us in that powerful prayer time, let alone, listen, great interaction can occur in our prayer time, especially when we're, you know, battling through some issues in prayer. And we're really seeking the Lord about some things. And we're really knocking very hard, you know, at the door for doors to open. Well, the good thing is, in the midst of all that, God can speak to us. The Word of God can teach us. And um, and we can see these great answers. Well, under B, growing powerful in prayer, three things. Number one, prayer and faith and possibilities. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone that would come to Him must come, what? Well, they must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. God wants you to believe that He's there, but He also wants to, you know, that's, that's His existence. But He also wants you to believe something about His character. And His character is this, that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God's a rewarder. You can read it in James, that God is generous with wisdom without finding any fault. He'll give, but it says you must believe. And so, what I'm going to encourage you right now is, um, you know, if you're going to the Lord to pray a bunch of things, go to the Lord in faith, trusting His presence, His promise, His calling to come, that He'll guide you, that He'll lead you. Bottom line, uh, that He said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened. God will work it out, work it all out for you. You got, you got to go in faith, man. You got to believe. What good will it do if we put up hours of, of prayers and, and our whole hearts are filled with doubt and that God won't do it and that uh, God's not even listening and all that kind of stuff? Now that's what Satan would love to do to, to tempt you to think that God doesn't hear you and uh, that uh, you're not going to get any answers. All that kind of junk comes in in the battle that we have sometimes. But you stand in faith, Christian. You go before the Lord and you quote the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God for lost people, but also for believers. The Word of God is a word of faith that will build you up. And so you bring the promises before God. And uh, you come up before God and you believe the Lord. You believe the Lord. Many times people come and say, Russ, you know, would you pray such and such you know, for me? It's like, well, why can't you pray that? Why can't you pray that? If you don't pray that, if you always go to everybody else for the prayers, you know, it's not it's not wrong to ask other people's prayer. I, I don't want to say that. Just don't just don't replace your own development of faith and standing uh, for somebody else. So if people come to me and say, Russ, pray, and I pray and something happens, well, praise God. But it wasn't that person who got the answer directly from the Lord. They can't say that their faith brought it in. God answers faith. God doesn't disappoint faith. Romans chapter 10. So prayer and faith come before the Lord, believing Him and His love for you and the promises of God and what He has said about prayer and the possibilities. Gosh, even 
when we read in the Gospels when Jesus says, nothing is impossible to the one that believes. Or in another place, all things are possible to the one that believes. Incredible things. When you read in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and I encourage you to know this from verse 14 on down, where Paul kneels before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derive its name, and he's praying and praying, and he comes to the end of the prayer, and he says this, Now unto him, referring to God, now unto him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He's able to go beyond what you're even asking or imagining. God can do the impossible. God can do all kinds of things. you got to let the Word of God speak in your heart. Stand up in faith. Believe God. It pleases God for you to believe. So, you know, get before the Lord and renounce the doubts and push things, all the other junk aside, and say, Lord, I'm believing you. And you said if I would ask, I would receive. Or if I would seek, I would, you know, uh, find. And if I would keep knocking and knocking and knocking, the door would be open. God will answer you. It will come about. Men should always pray and not give up, the Scripture teaches us. And the answers and uh, the directions and the intervention of God will come about. Point two under B. Prayer, the Word of God, and obedience. Now let me tell you something, and I said this earlier on, it's very possible for someone to be living you know, with some sin, some Christian to be living with some kind of sin in their life and, and realize their prayer life is nothing. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said, You know, if you abide in me and my word abides or remains, lives in you. The only way the word of God can live in you, just get this down real quick. Chapter 15, verse 10, the only way to really abide in God, to remain in God, to be bearing fruit. Uh, matter of fact, if you just stay obedient to God, you will bear fruit. You can't help it. If you stay obedient to God, obedience will bring about fruit. You're obedient to be a witness, obedient to be a prayer warrior, obedient to the Word of God and all that it talks about. Put it into practice, and you'll find that God will bless you. James chapter 1. You put the Word of God into practice, you obey it, and you'll be blessed. So that's why I'm saying now that if you, you know, according to John 15, 7 and 8, if you're in obedience to the Word of God, your prayer life will be powerful. It's part of the condition. It's part of how to know to pray. It's, it's how, to, how to be able to pray in faith. It's how to pray, pray led by the Spirit of God. So it's very important for you and I to know right now that God wants you to come to Him in faith. He wants you to be living an obedient life. And I'm telling you right now, the, the believer that's obedient to God is going to be the believer that has powerful, powerful answers to prayer and will have a history of the activity of God in their life amazing things that will spur you on to other things well point three under b is this prayer and god's will in first john five chapter five it says this this is the confidence or the assurance we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us now listen when you look that scripture up it's the greek word hoida meaning a knowing uh, factual, intuitive knowing, an immediate knowing. Literally, it's saying that, it, you know, this is the confidence, the sheer um, assurance that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything that's according to His will, His desire, we know that He hears us. 
and akuo is the word meaning he hearkens he listens to the with with the with the with the idea that he's going to respond that god if we know that he's listening ready to respond then it says the word of god says then we know that we have the requests we've we you know we've asked for and so that's a tremendous thing prayer's not just a shot in the dark prayer can become a very confident thing a very assured thing and uh, if you come in faith and you're walking in obedience and you're praying according to the will of God as laid out in the word of God and as given by the spirit of God in application then you're going to be very confident about praying seeking the Lord you're going to know that you can come before the Lord and freely pray listen if there's something that he doesn't want you to you know or he wants to direct you a different way or say no to you listen if you're praying confidently before a God that loves you who's with you and designed prayer to be a fruitful venture that that God wants you to bear fruit God wants you to get answers that's what you got you know the devil doesn't want you to get answers God wants you to get answers and he designed prayer and the promises and the call of God to come. And it's all about, uh, you know, again, that we are uh, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus uh, to do good works. Works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Great things, man. And so in your, in your family, in your city, in your workplace, in your school place, you know, to begin to pray, God, reach out to my family and friends to save them. Pray self. I mean, it, could I tell you something? Praying for the salvation of the lost pleases God so wonderfully, so well, so deep. God has great joy and uh, great pleasure in your praying for the lost in a consistent way. Satan's fighting against them, trying to blind them, trying to keep it all from them. But listen, you get before the Lord and you pray and pray. And you, you keep that faithfully praying for the lost all the time. That's going to be a blessing to you. God loves it. God loves when the church prays for the lost. Would to God that every church would do what Timothy chapter 2 says. That as we gather on Sundays that we have open prayer every single time for the lost. And uh, for the, in our family and friends, the community and the culture that we live in. That's the agenda of God. That's the passion of God. That's the love of God. Very important. So that's praying according to the will of God. Praying for the power of God to fall in the church and for Christians to be filled with the power of God. Ephesians 5, that is the will of God. And so I encourage you to keep, uh, just, just come before the Lord in faith on the promise of God. Uh, come in obedience to the word of God and your prayer life is going to be just uh, naturally producing fruit. And as you are discerning the Word of God and the Spirit of the Lord in your life, you will also be praying in the will of God. And God says the confidence is knowing that He's going to hear you and knowing that you're going to receive. Wow. Wow. It's not a shot in the dark. It's standing before the Lord God Almighty of the universe in Jesus' name who's already designed prayer uh, for us as a gift uh, to produce and promise that uh, if He's with us, again, um, who can be against us? You got God on your side. The, the Word of God's on your side. The Spirit of the Lord is on your side. Jesus won all the victory in the cross. And uh, so you got to know that God is on our side as believers to be able to converse with God in prayer, fellowship with God in prayer, pour our prayers knowing that He cares and hears us. Why does the Scripture say in, in Peter, you know, cast all your anxieties on the Lord because He cares for you? Or in Philippians chapter 3, when we're told, Be anxious for nothing, but what? 
but in prayer and thanksgiving present all those requests and hand them over to the Lord and something supernatural happened God will tra- there'll be there'll be a a superseding uh, of our mind and consciousness our conscience by the power of God so that our heart and mind is guarded from worry and fear and the things that are destructive to our our body and our mind when you take it to God in prayer and leave it to the Lord. I mean, you, you go read that verse. It's not even on your notes. In Philippians chapter 3, don't be anxious for, you know, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because you could take it to God in prayer. Because why? Getting filled with anxiety and frustration won't won't answer anything. It won't get about nothing. It'll just, you know, you'll just, you'll just, you know, you'll just get a headache over that kind of stuff. So God wants you to come in faith. God wants you to be an obedience to the Word of God. That's how we should be anyway as Christians. Listen, the obedient believer, uh, you know, will get answers to prayer. Because the obedient believer is learning about prayer. And they're obeying the Lord in, in, in all those ways the Word of God tells us to. And then you're going to simply listen. Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that why we got saved? To come to Jesus, to get rid of the, you know, the junk and the sin and all the other stuff? And to, and to follow Jesus. Take up the cross, my friend. Follow Jesus. The dynamic discipleship is biblical. From the Greek word dunamis, powerful. Uh, prayers are to be powerful. The Word of God is powerful. Salvation is the power of God. There's power in the Word of God. That's dunamis. That's the spiritual dynamite. And literally, God is operating in you. If you have studied Ephesians chapter 3... It tells us very clearly that God is in us, what? With a, with a power. He's operating in power in the believer's life, in the church's life. And so when our prayers are shut up, when, our, when we have been silenced through you know, the, you know, the enemy's lies and the difficulties in life and whatever else, then all the possibilities of answers and miracles you know, are shut up. God doesn't do miracles except through the redeemed believer that comes in faith who's obeying the Lord and seeking His will. All the answers in the book of Acts for 30 years, all those miracles, all those powerful things came through uh, believing, praying, uh, obeying uh, Christians who brought about tremendous things and affected cities and culture and the prayers of the saints in Rome and the, the witness that was going on there. Yes, there was a lot of persecutions. Yes, it was a battle. But Romans uh, 16.20 tells us that God would soon crush Satan under their feet. And God wiped out the Roman Empire on the basis of the development of the Church of Jesus Christ. The prayers included the witness of the gospel to the world. And uh, he removed an empire as an obstacle what will he remove as you seek him in obedience and you begin to continue to be you know a faithful witness of jesus wow what god will do in your life you you read the book of acts and you're going to see all those spirit-filled all those obedient spirit-filled witnesses guess what they were receiving all kinds of answers to prayer all kinds of things were being done it's like the angels hung out waiting to be moved around spirit-filled, obedient believers that were witnessing for Christ and praying. So let me encourage you again. 
Prayer and faith and possibilities. Prayer and the Word of God, walking in obedience. And praying God's will and desire. Well, under point C in your notes, let's talk about two other things. We're going to talk about the, the, the what and the, and the when of prayer. First of all, the what of prayer. And I've got it broken down into four things. Needs, desires, the Holy Spirit, and God's agenda. In other words, when I first got saved, you know, and I heard some things about prayer, I began to pray about my needs. I had three specific things. It was There was one was the healing of my shoulder. One was about getting a job. And there was another thing. I won't mention it, but there were three specific things. And by that next Sunday, I realized my shoulder was healed. I did have a job. And that third answer got prayer. You know, the third prayer got answered too. And that just encouraged me and inspired me to, you know, hey, the, just like salvation, the word of God was true about it. You believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into your life. He forgave you. He gave you the gift of eternal life. You don't have to say, maybe I'm going to heaven. Yes, you are. You have the gift of eternal life. And so it's very important. Number one, needs. Luke chapter 11. The, the great story. The disciples, they were saying, Lord, how do we pray? What do we? You know, they were wanting to know what about prayer. And Jesus told this great story about a man who was going to bed at night and all his kids were in and everything was done. But a neighbor um, had a friend come late at night and he had no bread, nothing to feed him. And uh, so the man got up because he knew his friend, his next door neighbor, had a lot of bread. And so he went over on that door and he began to knock. He's knocking on that door and he's saying, hey, I've got a friend that's come from a long distance. Uh, I need some bread. And the man on the inside of the house saying, hey, you know, it's late. I already got my kids in bed. Everything's done. You know, basically go away. He wasn't going to get up. But the man who saw the need, who had the need, kept knocking. He just kept right on knocking. He kept on asking. He kept on seeking. He kept on staying there. Till, the, till Jesus says in the story, the man with all the bread finally got up and gave him as much as he needed. And the Word of God says, because of his boldness. Uh, some have translated that because of his shameless persistence. When it comes to the needs of others and even our own needs and family and, and so forth, Jesus taught a very basic thing here. You just come before the Lord. You keep knocking. Even if it seems like no one's answering. Even if it seems like you, know, you feel like you should just go away. Nobody's going to get up and do anything. Jesus said, eventually, the man who kept seeking and knocking and, and asking, he got as much as he needed, and he was commended. Jesus commends the one with shameless persistence, a faith that will not be denied. And so he just kept going and going. So you can read about that in Luke chapter 11. And Jesus teaches that principle of you know praying and not giving up. In seeking the Lord. I can take it if God says, well, you know what, Russ? Don't pray this way. Pray instead, pray this way. Because God's wisdom is so far beyond mine. He is so advanced, so far beyond me in the future uh, and all around me. He knows everything. So if I come before the Lord with all kinds of needs and things and asking whatever, and He guides me a little differently in the midst of things... You know, if I clearly know from the Word of God that such and such prayer is not the will of God, and you know what? I have no problem. Give it up. You don't want what is outside the will of God. Romans 12 says that the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. But the other side of the story is in Luke chapter 11, we're told, you know, uh, basically an outline of the disciples' prayer, uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, worship. 
And then intercession is next. Pray that God's will and kingdom be done on earth as it's already being done in heaven. And then give us this day our daily bread. The needs. Christian, the needs. You know what? I had a Christian say to me one time, you know what? I can pray for other people, but I can't pray for myself. Well, that's, that's not learning what the Word of God says then. And that's not doing what the Word of God says. They had some psychological reason why. And I told them they were wrong. Because you know what, over all these years, there's times I prayed for things, you know, for my own self, my own life, and so forth, and God's answered me. Listen, if someone has sent me down, I can say, you know what, I prayed and prayed and prayed and waited on the Lord for a wife. I prayed about finding a wife, and God granted me a wife, and we, we God led that and guided that, and we prayed and prayed and prayed about having children in our lives, and homes, and places, and ministry. I can tell you, answer to answer to answer, to, you know, needs in my own life. And even today, I can go before the Lord and say, God, I have this, what I feel is a need, and I lay it out before the Lord. Just the way He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayers and requests, with thanksgiving, you know, lay them out before God. Remember that memory verse from a few weeks back in one of the other discipleship lessons? In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. So let God minister to your needs. He loves doing it. Listen, I've been a human father for 17 years of a daughter. And uh, prior to that, for 10 years, we've had kids off the street and unwed mothers. And, uh, all, you know, we had all kinds. And I loved them all. And I loved giving them uh, things and a coat for Christmas time and a present or food and things. Uh, and I'm nothing. How much more your Heavenly Father? I love my daughter and care, and I want to make sure all the needs are met and things, and she requests for me. To this very day, she'll ask me for things. Who's going to turn away when my daughter asks me for bread? You think I'm going to give her a rock? When my daughter, you know, is hungry, you know, and wants, you know, something, or thirsty, wants something to drink, you know, am I just going to give her, you know, dust, you know, to, to put on her tongue? That's what Jesus was saying. In Luke chapter 11, you know, if, if any of you fathers being evil know how to get good, good gifts, you know, if your son asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion? Of course not. The answer is no. And that's why Jesus said, how much more, your heavenly father? How much more? God loves you, man. God, the father loves you. The father's all about needs. And you can bring and talk to God. And even when you feel like your needs haven't been met, go talk to the Lord about it. He'll speak to you. He'll give you a word of God. He'll give you a chapter. He'll give you a verse. God's generous. God's good. And prayer's been designed for what? For the great, 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 great things to be done. The greater things to be done. Greater things even to be done. Well, knowing the what of prayer, number two. Desires. Now in John 15, 7, which I've already spoken about, where it says, Let the word of God abide in you by obedience, and you abide or remain or fellowship in Jesus as a living fellowship of the Lord. And then ask whatever you desire. The word thelema there, the Greek word, whatever you desire. Bring it up before the Lord. In the Old Testament, there's a verse that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37. And as you do that, you've got to understand, there's times you've got desires, and you're praying, man. I was, I was not dating anybody for four, almost five years, praying, Lord, you know, I'm 24 years old, I want to find a wife. I was in college, you know, ministry, working in Youth for Christ, and in a youth pastor, and so forth. But I wanted to find a wife. And man, praying and seeking the Lord, waiting on the Lord, and sure enough, God led me and guided me. 
I've been married, you know, 27 years. And I love my wife. And I thank God. And I thank God out of the desire of having children. Even, they said my wife never would, even when she went through the surgeries. God healed and God brought us forth a beautiful little baby girl. What a gift. But also it was a miracle. Desires. Do you have desires? Can you lay them out before God? God cares about your desire. I care about what my my own daughter. I care about what she desires. And as a father over the years, you know, if my daughter sat down as a two-year-old and wanted to eat a pound of chocolate and really wanted to, now, do you think as a good father I'm going to let her eat a pound of chocolate? Heavens no. I know the great, great... Now, she might she might have tasted that chocolate. She might be hanging on to that chocolate. She might want to eat the whole one pound of chocolate. Chocolate, but I already know, as someone much wiser than her, that chocolate will that much chocolate would make her sick or kill her. So I'm not going to let her do it, and I, and that's a good thing. If there's something God wants to say no to, you got to realize something right now. You got to just learn this now. It's because it's good. If He's going to tell you no about something, even if it's a great desire in your heart, if, you, if you're you might be crying and saying, "God, let me have this, 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 this." Well, guess what? If God's not letting you have or He spoke to you and said no, praise God. He has saved you, man. His wisdom is so far beyond yours. We are like just mere, just teeny little infants with teeny little bits of language and intelligence compared to the omniscient and all-powerful. And I mean, God. And I entrust myself to the one who died on the cross for me. But I also know that he doesn't he he you know that we have, can freely come delight yourself in the Lord Psalm thirty seven He'll give you the desires of your heart so put it out there before the Lord you're you're having a desire to pray about it and God the answer is not wrong those are the very things He may you know absolutely answer and cause you to have great praise for God and the way He's working your life well knowing the water prayer what do I pray about you know. Well, I'm a brand new Christian. What do I pray about? You know, I might have th- that first week. I had three things. I can list them on my you know my hand. One, two, three. I had three things. Now I've got pages and pages of notes and things things that I'm praying about. It takes me time to go through my prayer time to pray about all the things I need to pray about. And there's needs there. There's desires there. There's also what I feel the Holy Spirit wants. And then fourthly, there's also God's agenda. Well, let me touch number number three. Ephesians six talks about us praying with all kinds of prayers all the time for all the saints and to do it this way pray in the spirit with all ki- and, and, and when it says in the spirit now here again is where we're dealing with God's presence passion and power in the Greek language it's locative of spirit meaning in the realm the presence power guiding leading of the spirit of God he dwells in you he dwells in me I know him he's my friend he guides me in prayer. There's times I'll begin to come to prayer and I'll say, God, just, you know, I'll be praying about something, you know, or someone coming forward in church as an altar counselor, you know, a pastor and so forth, and I'll be praying, Lord, I'll look for the leading of the Spirit of God. There's times the Spirit of God's woke me up and put something on my heart to pray. Absolutely. There's times the Spirit of God. I remember one time I just laid down after a long day. I was in college and I got on my bed and I was laying there going to sleep. I was so comfortable. and The Lord just like urged me, the Spirit of God, get up, get up, get up. I felt that inside of me. Pray for your brother. Pray for your brother. My, my, my brother was lost and he was having trouble. And he was out partying and drinking. 
He had a brand new, brand new, one-day-old Mustang he bought. I mean, just out of the showroom. And so I got up and I'm praying and praying and I feel this urgency by the Spirit of God to pray for my brother. And I pray and pray and pray. And I got done with all the prayers about it and felt released. And I laid back down. I heard sirens. Bottom line was this. Uh, my brother was out getting drunk. And on the way home in that brand new Mustang flying around corners, he went off the road, hit two telephone poles. The car was absolutely totaled. And my brother had one scratch. And I boldly went the next day to tell my brother, the Holy Spirit of God got me up and led me to pray for him, and that's the only reason he's alive today. I told him that. He shook. He literally shook. And may the Spirit of God give you that experience. The Holy Spirit's got things. He knows all the needs, like at your church, your family. You know, if you get before the Lord sometimes and say, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, bring a need to me. Bring a prayer to me. Holy Spirit, you know what needs to be done out there. You know whose needs are out there. That's part of praying in the Spirit, part of it. And uh, the Spirit of God can remind you. So when I do prayer mapping and I have pages and materials and people I'm praying about, and I'm as, as I'm praying, I'm also listening to the Lord. And there's times the Holy Spirit just brings me the names of people, the events, the things. Or if I begin to get a name of somebody and feel like, uh-oh, uh, they need, they need. And I'll say, Lord, what is it they need? There's times, I mean, there's people that come to me and say, here's my prayer request. You know, would you pray for me about this? There's other times the Holy Spirit gives me the prayer request on behalf of the needs of others. And he wants me to pray it out. And so when we talk about what are we going to pray about? What are you going to pray about? Well, your needs, number one. Desires, number two. And what the Holy Spirit brings to you. Get used to it, Christian. You know, you've been born again by the Spirit of God. Jesus said the power and clothing of the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you should be guided and led and soaked and drenched. And let, you know, the Holy Spirit should be all over you as an obedient, you know, witness for Jesus. We're not playing games here, Christian. Uh, we're not to sit around like a thirty-year-old Christian who only learned two verses. That's uh, that's uh, that is absolutely contrary to the Word of God and what discipleship is all about. If nobody else is around you giving you scripture or whatever else, all right, get up and get it yourself. If nobody else is preaching to you, get up and preach it to yourself. If uh, nobody's giving you two verses and you only know two verses, get up and preach those two verses to yourself, man. And learn that you can bring needs and desires. And learn experientially how the Holy Spirit will come in and guide you and, and give you burdens of things that need to be prayed about and move on you and urge you to pray for the lost people and the church and, and so forth. The fourth point about what of prayer is God's agenda. Can I ask you something? Do you know what God wants you to pray about? See, there's a lot of, again, a lot of very weak believers that are 10 years old as believers. If I'm going to ask, you know, they might know how to pray a crisis prayer about needs. They really, you know, but they're always constantly relying on pastors and everybody else to pray for them. And many Christians don't know God's agenda. And that's sad. Learn it now. Don't wait till you're 10 years old as a Christian. And if you're already 10 or 20 years old as a Christian, you know, come back under the Word of God and you want to get into the issue of what to pray about, you'll have, a, you'll have so much to pray about, you're going to need an hour a day at least if you bring needs and desires and all that the Spirit of God brings to you as requests and even other people that bring you, you know, their requests. But fourthly, God's agenda. Have you read that in the Scripture? 1 Timothy chapter 2, when the Scripture says that first of all, 
and with urgency. God wants us to pray all kinds of prayers and requests and so forth with you know thanksgiving for kings and those in authority. Can, can I tell you what God said? When's the last time you began to pray for all the leaders and political people uh, that Satan is after to get his agenda in them and his agenda in the politics? When's the last time as your church stood on every Sunday morning and prayed for all the leaders of the land? Yet the Spirit of God said to the church in 1 Timothy 2, first priority and with urgency, pray for all the kings and people in authority that we might live quiet and peaceful lives. And that's about praying for the salvation and the praying for the redemption. And the, the scripture goes on to say, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wills all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. See how prayer and soul winning is connected? Do you realize that Satan is after all the presidents and, and senators and if whatever land you're in, your leaders. Satan is after your leaders. That's true of the Old Testament. That's true of the New Testament. So that if Satan can get into politics and block freedom, and uh, and uh, like in, in Daniel's day, to block prayers. I mean, it came down to where they were making laws that Daniel couldn't even pray even in his own house. Satan would love to shut down prayers if he has to do it through the legal process and get laws enacted. So who should be praying for the leaders? Jesus, the Spirit of God, uh, laid out and spoke to the church. Let me tell you this right now. Pastors, leaders, whoever you are, we are in disobedience to the strategy of the Spirit of God if we are not praying consistently, boldly, strongly, for all those in authority and all those leaders, that they might be saved, that they might be influenced with righteousness, that they might be guarded from Satan's agenda, that God might bring blessing to them, that they might come to know Jesus and be blessed by God and to walk in obedience and to have obedient law and laws that reflect the, the, the kingdom of God. God's agenda, you know, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything. That's to be prayed about. The advance of the kingdom of God, the lost souls. The church is to disciple people, and to grow, and the preachers, and all the... You know what? If church on Sunday morning isn't partially a major and powerful prayer meeting, then all we are is insipid, seeker-sleeper Christians that, that walk away from a 50-minute service with uh, no spiritual effect possibly in us and specifically through us. Oh, Christian, this isn't becoming radical. This is becoming right on. It's, what we're, it's, it's not something so beyond the norm. If the norm is weak and insipid and, and anemic Christianity, uh, that's the abnormal Christendom. That's the Laodicean Christendom. Look at the book of Acts and see the powerful church is the obedient church. The powerful church is a Holy Spirit-filled church, a praying church, a soul-winning church, praying for the healing and needs and loving and caring, irregardless of what the world says. So let me encourage you right now as a believer in Jesus Christ uh, that God's agenda... And so part of what my day... If I have two things in my own heart to pray about by myself, that may take five minutes... But when I'm praying intercession and for others and lost souls and the church and the needs and praying against Satan's works and so forth and so forth, God's agenda, God's will, 
And God blesses that. And God calls us to that. So I want to take my stand and be at my post on a daily basis and be a part of the agenda God wants advanced. Now, we don't decide what God's will is, but we do, through prayer and obedience, implement it. Point D on your notes is this. Under the Session 10, Dynamic Discipleship Series, How to Begin and Grow, listen, and Grow Powerful in Prayer. Well, we looked at the what of prayer, needs, desires, the Holy Spirit, God's agenda, God's will, what He wants. And then the when of prayer. When do we pray? Oh, man. We read in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. The great news is we can pray on the bus, we can pray in the elevator, we can pray in, in our hearts, not even out loud while we're at school, at work. We can be pouring out prayer a lot of places. But I list five just quickly. Let me tell you five things about the win of prayer. An appointed time. Seek to have an appointed time, like we've said in the quiet time, or how, how, to, have, how to have a daily meeting with God. Have an appointed time. A, a quiet time with the Lord, getting in the Word of God, worshiping the Lord, you know, taking the Word of God in and, uh, and having your daily. Now, in the early church also, uh, prayer meetings. Maybe you can go to one or two per week where you go and it's all about prayer. You know, so have your daily appointed time. And if there's an appointed time at church or whatever, you know, really gather together. I love gathering together with, with uh, even if it's just four other guys or four other believers, and praying up a storm, man. Praying up a, a heavenly storm. So an appointed time. Number two, uh, prayer ministry to people anywhere. In other words, sometimes when I get done with church, you know, because when I go to church, I've got, I want to be prayed up ahead of time. I want to go in there already because I'm ready to pray for somebody next to me, behind me, in front of me, going down the hallway if I see a need. Uh, I sat in a big church in Columbus a few weeks ago from a dear brother that called, and uh, there in the vestibule area, I mean, there's thousands of believers, and I can, I was praying for him on specific things, and I looked up once, and I saw people looking, walking by and looking over, and they were kind of pleased. But we're just out there praying, you know, prayer ministry. You know, at work, you know, just say to somebody, hey, man, can I pray for you? If you hear a need, you know, just pull somebody aside. Even if it's a lost person, it might be part of what brings them to Christ. And you pull them aside. In the New Testament, most everybody got healed, got healed before they got saved. And all the people who got delivered from demons manifesting in their life got delivered first. So have a prayer ministry where you can pray. You know, someone has a need, even over the phone. I just, tonight, was talking with somebody that probably lives 3,000 miles away. And I felt led and guided to pray for them. And I prayed over the phone. I prayed for a brother, a good brother in, in Canada. And I've prayed for other people in other lands uh, over a telephone. Uh, there's nothing. There's no diminishing of power of God. Uh, if, I'm, if I get on the phone or I'm praying to somebody in, in Russia over the phone, it can happen if it's two, two feet away from me. Uh, so it's powerful. So anywhere we can pray for people and be ready to minister to people in prayer. Number three. Uh, be prayer ready. In other words, like in the armor of God, you know, the readiness of the gospel. Be ready to pray, man. You know, if someone's, you know, I've seen times as a pastor, even I said, if somebody lead us out in prayer, there'll be a hundred people in the room. Someone lead us out in prayer. And all of a sudden it's silence, you know, like all of a sudden, just like that, there's nothing. I was like, come on, who's ready to pray? Anybody want to lead us out in prayer? <laughs> finally, finally, someone might get up after a hundred Christians sitting there. That's so silly. You know, it should be the other way around. So who wants to lead in prayer? And all the hands go up. I do, I do, I do. You know, be ready like that. Be ready to pray, you know. 
I really think that's a mark of having the armor of God on. I think it's a mark of being, uh, you know, guided by, you know, being prepared in the spirit of God and, uh, and, and fruitful. God wants you to be, he chose you to bear fruit. And uh, don't be afraid. Just start praying by the power of the Holy Spirit. God will lead you. Number four, prayer response. A prayer response. Um, when I say prayer response, I mean, you know, when something happens, something bad happens, something critical happens, and you got to all of a sudden put up, you know, prayers about it. So that could be like what some people consider crisis prayer. You know, many Christians just live by only when a crisis comes up, they pray. Um, but I'm telling you that every one of us can have an appointed time daily. We can go to appointed prayer meetings, which is great, but also have a life of prayer ministry to people, being prayer ready for anything, even when you feel like the devil's attacking you. All right, well, attack back, man. You know, start praying. Start using the authority of God. Rebuke that devil. Rebuke the lies. Stand in prayer. Call on the Lord. Ask for the Spirit of God to guide, you know, and ask for God to uh, answer. Uh, look to the Lord to receive from Him for doors to open. But fourthly, prayer responses, especially when something does happen, or somebody, you know, so whatever's going on, that you can respond instead of getting, you know, some people get angry, some people shut down, some people go out to the refrigerator and eat, and they don't do anything for days. And what a waste that is! What a waste! That's even destructive. Instead, be ready to respond. When bad things occur, respond in prayer. Seek the Lord. And that leads us to point number five under this section of the win of prayer. Um, when you need wisdom. You know, when you need wisdom. James chapter 1. And uh, I believe that when we need wisdom from God and things are going on and we don't know, sometimes we just need to say, God, I need this, I need that, you know, and, and uh, seek God to give you wisdom, to bring a, a verse of Scripture to you. Sometimes instantly a verse of Scripture will come that answers the issue. Or the Holy Spirit will speak inside of me and answer the issue. Well, we've already gone almost an entire hour on one little subject, how to begin and grow powerful in prayer. And uh, God has uh, called you to bear fruit. God has designed prayer to be a joyful and powerful and, man, extraordinary things. But also He looks for faithfulness. Romans chapter 12 commands the Christian church, be faithful in prayer. Be faithful, my friend. Stand at your post, you know. Don't, don't, you know, that's how God comes through. Two key things. The church, the praying church, I should say, is a vessel of mercy where salvation, healing, deliverance, uh, and helping lives, and signs and wonders, and even miracles. So, so many great things going to be accomplished and helped uh, as we pour out prayers of, for the mercy of God, the salvation of God, the healing of God, the, you know, the good things of God in people's lives. The second key, too, though, is that the church is a vessel, a vessel of warfare. To take the authority of Jesus every time and pray against the enemy. And when's the last time you used the authority of Christ? Luke chapter 10. God's given you authority. The church has the power, the authority to crush satanic evil. And it needs to use that in a corporate sense and individual sense. So, just in basic closing, here's what I want to say to you. Take your stand on a daily basis, not just for your personal needs. Grow stronger than that. Grow stronger than just your personal needs. Get beyond that. God wants to deal with your personal needs and desires, but also with the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. Also, the agenda and the things you know need to be prayed about according to, according to the Word of God. Take your stand for yourself. 
for your church, for others, for God's will, and also against evil. Please, my dear friend, as, a, as growing in the Lord, as becoming strong in the Lord, you know, grow in the Lord in prayer. Seek the Lord. He's ready for you to grow. He's urging you to grow, to dig into the Word of God like a treasure, man, to study it and get before the Holy Spirit and yield to the Spirit of God. And so go to... The only way you're going to learn experientially many things in prayer is getting down there man and praying and seeking the Lord standing there in faith asking God for the word of God and strengthening you standing on the word of God what it says and coming before the Lord well hey my dear friend the Lord's blessing be with you and God's grace and mercy be with you on the end of your web page anyway, if you go to the Shatter the Darkness page, shatterthedarkness.net on the web, web uh, there's other podcasts and training on prayer. We have one, an advanced um, teaching on prayer mapping and how to really use a prayer map and, and like a large, large prayer request list where you can even write notes that God spoke to you or mark off answers. Well, that's there on that web page under Session 10 for you to take a look at, along with some resources. And let me mention one thing on the top right-hand side of your page, a book called The Kneeling Christian. The Kneeling Christian. It's written by, an. it says literally, an unknown Christian. Nobody knows for sure, who that I know of anyway, who wrote the book. But it's a classic. And it will spur you on and, again, bring the Word of God and expound many of the things I've just said to you. Over there on the right-hand side of your webpage is other scripture verses to memorize on prayer. God will do some amazing, amazing things in your personal prayer life. Are you ready to see that happen? What are some of the answers? Think about some answers. If you've got some answers in your life right now, man, praise God. Fellowship with the Lord. Have a thank meeting. Just thank the Lord. Take time to thank God and thank God and thank God. Psalm 103, forget not all his benefits. Thank the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits and blessings. Man, what God has done for all of us. And I give testimony to you this day that God loves you, that uh, God seeks you to bear fruit in prayer. He loves to answer prayer. He's got great things that can be done, things that go uh, way above and beyond all that we think or imagine. Nothing, my friend, is impossible than that believe. God's got millions and millions that need to be saved. God's got great power to strike the church and sanctify it and make it strong and, and beautiful. God's got the power to crush evil and so forth. But that will come through the prayers and the witness and the obedience of uh, believers. Be one of those dynamic disciples, biblical disciples. And uh, be powerful in the Lord in your walk, powerful in your worship and witness, and my dear friend, powerful in prayer. Blessings to you. This is Russ Dizdar from the organization Shatter the Darkness, shatterthedarkness.net, on the web. If this is the only one of these discipleship podcasts that you've gotten, if you go to the web page, Shatter the Darkness page, on the right-hand side, Click where it says Dynamic Disciple and you'll see about 10 of these lessons already done with probably another 20 or 30 lessons that we'll keep doing week by week. And uh, we bless you. Listen, if you've gotten saved listening or if you've gotten blessed listening and uh, or if you've got a testimony about answered prayer, send it to me. I'd love to hear it. And uh, God bless you again in Jesus' name.